0: The blast
1: from our past network. Hi, this is Steve Kostansky, director of The Void and Psycho Goreman, and you're listening to
2: Podcasting After Dark.
1: Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura, a deep dive into underrated and unknown television shows from our youth. Cartoons, sitcoms, cop shows, and much more. Sit back and enjoy some nostalgic fun with TV Obscura.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to a special Halloween edition of TV Obscura. I am one-third of the TV Obscura team. Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C., Joined with me, as always, is my beautiful co-host, Zach, and my even sexier co-host, Diallo. Ooh, Zach didn't see that even coming, sexier. did you? sexier.
2: <laughs> I'm dead sexy. <laughs> I'll
0: take it. What's up, guys? Awesome. (laughs) Let's try that again, and I'm keeping it all in. What's up, guys? Oh, my God, I'm feeling so good. What's
1: up? (laughs)
0: Hey! Happy <laughs> Halloween month! Happy spooky month! Uh, what? Before we jump into this episode, and we are going to be discussing our favorite slash most traumatic like horror anthology uh, shows from our youth. But uh, before we jump into that, Diallo, what you got planned for this month? What you got planned for Halloween this month? Or what are you going as? You got a costume ready?
2: Um. Yeah, I'm going as a struggling artist. I. <laughs>
0: In no stage corrupt corporate capitalistic America. yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah um no i don't you know i don't actually really dress up much for halloween it's not a holiday i particularly celebrate very much but i like halloween a lot it's all for me it's always about the candy so
0: how about this can i ask you diallo what is your one favorite halloween costume from your youth that you can remember
2: because so long from ago. my youth <laughs> yeah I, I mean it really was going back to like the 70s or 80s um i think uh mm-hmm. yeah actually so i remember you know so this this actually this actually goes into like some deep stuff <laughs> that's what we do I don't here, know, baby <laughs> i don't know if you've met me but i am black <laughs> and um so but i'm a a comic book geek you know sci-fi geek so dressing up as characters was always like a little different or strange so there was all these characters i wanted yeah. to emulate but they didn't look like me anyways so anyways one year i i remember dressing up as the lone ranger so that was that was that and then i also would get comments that lone Ranger's not black but whatever yeah That's- it just okay. took a dark turn. It just took a turn. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> but oh, I was like racist America. Yeah. But I was like nine or I was like nine or ten, so you know
0: whatever. Jesus, and you yeah. know, and that's that's you, you get a lot of people. You know, you always hear like when they reboot something, you know, oh, oh but you we are gonna reboot and make Superman gay or make Superman black or whatever. You know, this and that. And I'm just like, well, yeah, because nobody but white people have had any kind of Voices or representation forever. So why don't you just like chill the fuck out? You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah. And that you know, like nice little segue and plug for me. But uh, that was actually one of the impetuses for um, creating Angela and the Dark because yeah. I wanted to create a like a black heroine for young black girls who just don't have like original heroes for them to emulate. So that, but that a lot of that comes from growing up. And like loving comic books, but not really seeing characters that really looked like me. And when they did look like me, they were always like on the side or they were from like they always were from the hood. You know, they, yeah. they were always kind of stereotypical. They yeah. always had black in their name, you know, right. that kind of thing. So um, just wanted to make something that I think represents uh, the actual people that are out there that are actually living and breathing reading these stories.
0: And you can uh, read Angela in the Dark on Comicsology, and I will have a link as as always in the show notes uh, for you to check that out. It's an awesome, awesome comic book series with your pal uh, Russell Fox, right? Yeah, my brain always goes to fir- Always goes to the Instagram, the person's Instagram handle first. And then oh I'm yeah, like, wait no, a minute, totally. no, it's yeah. <laughs> What's <laughs> yeah, your no. actual name? now? it's <laughs> yeah. What's up, stiff kitten? Uh, oh, wait, shit, sure. <laughs> exactly. And I thought about that. I was like, man, once we start going to like cons again and everything, I'm just gonna have. Nev- I'm gonna have to have a name tag with like my Instagram handle on there. You know, just so people know who the uh, yeah, hell totally. I am. But uh, Zach, yeah. what uh, what do you and Bodhi have going on for Halloween? Uh, this year do you guys have a costume ready
1: yeah as well as 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 far as everyone knows on the if you've listened to the previous pad episodes or you've listened to our patreon uh, wrap-up episodes you know that Bodhi is crazy about Marvel right now so I said what Marvel character do you want to do you want to go as a Marvel character he said yes what Marvel character you want to do you want to go as Captain America Black Panther Iron Man Shang-Chi like who just pick pick one well, captain marvel whatever you want to do he's like dr strange like without even dropping a beat and i go really yes and he's like because i astral plane just like he does i'm like yes you do yes you do. so uh i said okay so do you want the because my wife and i always we'd always do like a theme together i said do you want us to each be a different marvel character or do you want us to be in the dr strange universe and he's like in the dr strange universe So, uh, thanks to China, I think that's why uh, the ancient one was uh, Tilda Tilda Swinton in uh, (laughs) in the Doctor Strange movie. I think that has something to do with it, right? Yes, it did. Because, you know, where's Tibet in in, uh, communist China's view? Um, So, I think uh, Femme French is going to be the ancient one, uh, a variation on the ancient one. And I'm going to be... Wait, can I guess? Are you going to be the cape? Are you just gonna be the cape? and like it? <laughs> I around? wanted to be the cape. I said maybe I should just be the cape and like follow you around. <laughs> yeah, you that know would be
0: awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna do that., uh, but instead I'm gonna be the main villain from the the first Doctor Strange mm. movie, uh, with the with the eyes, the purple, and I forget the actor's name now.
0: Mads Nicholson.
1: Yes, uh, I'm gonna be him. So I've already started working on Bodie's cape. Looks dope uh he's gonna go more you know he he's more a fan of the uh the movie cinematic the marvel cinematic universe versus the comic book right now uh he loves the way they look so that's that's the he's gonna go a little cumberbatch He's gonna be a little cumberbatchy and nice know, <laughs> nice awesome. i already made the eye of Auto, eye of agamotto it's it's with led lights and shit it's awesome that's so, awesome. Uh, well, uh, hopefully yeah, we go. We go hard. We go hard.
0: We'll we'll post pictures on the uh, pad Instagram so y'all can see it. And uh, I think this year, uh, my nephew wants to do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because we introduced him to that. Cool. Uh, he is fully, he is just into the 2012 version of TMNT, the, the one where Rob Paulson that we interviewed, uh, he plays Donatello. Yep. And um, my nephew's just into it. So he wants to be Raphael, as you all, as you two know, that's always my favorite turtle. So I'm probably going to go, try to go as Casey Jones. Um, and then we're just going to try to go nice. from there. Nice. Yeah, and uh, but as a kid, I think well, I used to love those costumes. Remember those plastic masks that you can never breathe in, and they always punch yeah. you in the nose yeah. and everything. I I <laughs> loved my Admiral Akbar mask, but like to this day. If I ever, like, get a scent of that, I mean, I the, whatever that smell is, probably it's a mixture of saliva, perspiration, and plastic all that's mixed bestest. in one. It's a, such a unique smell that's just burned into my brain ever since. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I remember those things sticking to my face. Yeah. And you peel it off, and it would crack when you peeled it off.
0: Or, or, and it had the, that thin elastic band, so it'd snap on you if you, like, actually <laughs> messed up, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to save my my halloween traumas for the wrap up after dark episode okay. uh for this okay. because uh i've got a lot of halloween trauma episodes not nearly as bad as diallo's but uh, i know one cool. of
2: yours zach I you think. know yeah, yeah the doctor who yeah one. the doctor who one
1: yeah yeah that that's what caused me to stop trick-or-treating yeah <laughs> i
0: think i've heard this one but i do look forward to Discussing it on wrap up after dark this week. So I? So, <laughs> guys and gals, check that out on our Patreon page. That's uh, on the two dollar uh, tier. You can sign right up, and you also get every episode of Pat, uh, you know, TV obscure everything ad free, and you support the show. More importantly,
1: yes, yes, yeah, th- and th- and if you've already signed up, thank yeah, you so thank much. You. And uh, I'll title that episode. Ewok, egged Ewok. That's oh what I'm talking about. Oh awesome. my
2: god, oh no. So. <laughs> Anyways, well.
0: Let's talk about some scary yeah, stuff. Yeah, let's talk about some scary stuff. So, uh, last episode of TV obscure was actually pretty recent because uh, we don't have a month in between. We decided to do a spooky, scary October one and we wanted to dive into some of our favorite horror anthology shows. From our youth. Now, the funny thing is, we still have so many more horror anthology shows we can discuss. We could do this next year as well. But right now, so the lineup is this month, or this year, I should say, Uh, Zach is going to talk to us about The Hitchhiker that aired from 1983 to 1991. Then Diallo's going to take us to Tales from the Dark Side. That aired on 1983 to 1988. I gave uh, Zach the the win on that one because his show went longer, so he's going first. (laughs) And then I'll be discussing
1: alphabetically. Alphabetically. Yeah, sure, alphabetically. That's
0: fine, too. Uh, And then I'll be wrapping things up with uh, Monsters, which uh, aired from 1988 to 1991. And like I said, these are all series that we thought were scary, spooky, but we're also going to be talking very specifically about episodes uh, in that show. We all watched the exact same episode, so we can have uh, similar discussions. Um, Because, you know, when you talk about an anthology show, every single episode is so different. There's not much to talk about unless you actually focus in and everything. So, Zach. The Hitchhiker, a show that I thought until I did a double take on IMDb about an hour before we started recording, I thought this show was called The Hitcher. Um, I thought it was based on the, the the movie. I thought it was like sort of a spin-off. Like, I know the differences and everything, but I thought they were using that as a basis, and I never watched it because The Hitcher traumatized the fuck out of me as a kid. We will be discussing that movie at some point. But when the girl got ripped Um. in half, uh, I've never seen that movie since because I saw it when I was like seven or eight and it terrified me. So I don't think I ever watched The Hitchhiker because Corey can't read. Apparently, he only looks at the way words are shaped and I missed the ER. So anyways, Zach, The Hitchhiker, my man, take us to it.
1: I almost want to open with the the song that. Oh, so good. Doom, doom. Yeah. Um. I, I was on similar tip the that you were on. I think originally when I saw the Hitchhiker coming out on HBO, I thought it was going to be the Hitcher series, which it's definitely not. Surprised and 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 disappointed at the same time. E- equal parts, yeah. right? Equal parts. <laughs> equal parts because I love the Hitcher. It yeah it freaked me out too, but I still love that movie. And then the Hitchhiker came out. It's a really interesting show. And I'm realizing something and you guys I almost don't want to spoil it in in, in my first in, in the beginning of this episode, but I may inadvertently do that, uh with talking about the execu- the link that all these shows have. Mm. Uh, but yeah the Hitchhiker aired on HBO originally uh, in 83 and it it says it ran for six seasons but i think it, it wasn't consistent right it was on for a few se- for a few years and then it was on the usa network and then went to another network uh it ran for a total of 85 episodes um shuki levy did the the, the soundtrack one of the composers for the soundtrack by the way oh, shuki geez, levy of wow. he-man fame jason the wheel wart like the cartoon mega star um Richard Rothstein was the executive producer of this show. He might uh, pop up a couple more times. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, know what I mean, know what I mean? Um, the basic premise of this show is... Wait, hold on. Are a, you talking about
0: Richard Rubinstein?
1: Yeah. Oh, Richard Rothstein is the producer of... The Hitchhiker and Richard Rubenstein is the producer of Elf Tales and, and Monsters
0: and Monsters. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> Rubinstein, Rubenstein, Steen, Steen, Steen. There you go. Uh, so yeah, my bad. Anyways, that th- he's there's a there's a Richard connection. There's a Dick connection. <laughs> there you go. It's a connection to dicks. Boom. There you go. Uh, see, I so get you, there. I will so get you there. You saved so, it, buddy. It's right? it's it's like you're a I professional try, here. I try. <laughs> so um the the premise of the show is it, it didn't always open this way but it would open kind of with a story already unfolding and then the hitchhiker would show up uh in the first maybe five minutes of the show do kind of a rod serling talk uh like you know giving a a premise of what's to be set up for the rest of the episode and then he would close out the episode uh the original hitchhiker was played by nicholas campbell nicholas campbell will be mostly known to horror genre people from the dead zone um cronenberg's dead zone he was a a detective in that one um i think frank dodd I don't know if he was a detective. It's been a while since I've seen that one. But anyways, he's in the Dead Zone. Cool character in the Dead Zone. He was in the, like, the first season, first three episodes of Hitchhiker. The rest of the series was played by Paige Fletcher. Uh, Paige Fletcher is kind of a nondescript dude, uh, very milk toast, But he played Alex J. Murphy in a RoboCop series that did not last very long, RoboCop Prime Directives. Oh, that was um, him?
0: Oh, no. Yep. Sorry. Oh, no. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, no, indeed. But he was also in Earth Final Conflict. Uh, I've heard of that
2: show.
1: <laughs> some uh, might have brought that show up recently. Lex, he was in the show Lex, which is actually a pretty cool show. Oh, I wow. like Lex. I know Diallo. You, you know that show.
2: Yeah. Right? I mean we're, no, we're not on that it's subject, but it, there's a whole story around that for me.
1: Okay, yeah, Yeah. maybe we'll come back to Lex down the road. But uh, Paige Fletcher, really cool, like, cool, calm, and collected type actor. Anyways, the the, the show, it it had elements of thriller, horror, comedy, kind of ran the gamut just like all of of these other anthology shows. I'd say it's more thriller-based than horror-based, depending on the majority of the episodes ended up being more thriller-esque. The two episodes I brought to the table for this our episode one of them is comedic and the other one is definitely horror yeah very much in this twilight zone theme overall but but the show boasted probably one of the most phenomenal (laughs) probably one of the most phenomenal casts across the board ever For a show like this, maybe the only other show that rivaled its cast would be Tales from the Crypt. Again, another HBO show. This show was heavy on nudity. It was heavy on, uh, you know, subject matter was intense. In fact, one of the episodes we're going to talk about, which is definitely ahead of V on nudity. You can find it on YouTube with the nude season with the nude scenes intact, ladies and gentlemen. So for all you pervies out there. (laughs)
2: Uh, I enjoyed that enjoy, one <laughs> and
1: you're welcome. Uh, but let me run down some of the actors that starred on the hitchhiker. Uh, and, and you have also have to look in the context of the, the mid eighties to early nineties. These people may not be a big deal now, but they definitely were back then. First and foremost. And the reason I say that Christy Alley was on the show. Uh, she was in two episodes, Sandra Bernhard, who was a big deal back in the eighties, Gary Busey, Robert Carradine, Peter Coyote, Willem Dafoe, uh, Brad Dourif, the voice of Chucky, Zach Galligan, Louise Fletcher, Elliot Gould, C. Thomas Howell, Helen Hunt, Lorenzo Lamas, who was a big deal back then, uh, Klaus Kinski (laughs) was in the early episodes, Michael Madsen, Virginia Madsen, uh, Darren McGavin, uh, Carrie Ann Moss from The Matrix fame, Bill Paxton, Joe Pantoliano, Joey Pants, Franco fucking Nero, Django himself, um, Michael Shuffling. Uh, if you don't know who Michael Shuffling is, look him up. Gene Simmons, Tom Scarrett, who we'll talk about in a second, Shannon Tweed, Alan Thick, Robert Vaughn, um, Fred Ward. I mean, the list goes on and on. Sybil Danning, who we'll get to in a yeah, minute. Yeah, so, this show had a phenomenal ph- phenomenal <laughs> cast of, um, I guess, you know, uh, guest appearances, right? Because these guys would do one, maybe two episodes, mostly just one. I'm going to talk about, like I said, two of the episodes uh, from the first season of The Hitchhiker, the first full season, because the original season was... T- technically a mini series. It was like three episodes mashed up into one. Oh, okay. um, that makes sense. First one, why gonna... the
0: first three is a different person.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. It, it, and they yeah, replaced him. I think it was a good call because I like having a more kind of relatively unknown actor, less distracting, less distracting. Yeah. So the, the first episode that I shared with the boys was called face to face. Um, basic premise, woman comes in to visit a famed plastic surgeon to get her face worked on Uh, he ends up having a run going off on a bender cocaine-fueled sex night with uh, this hot Hollywood actress played by Sybil Danning comes to the surgery drugged out his mind hungover whatever botches the surgery Uh, she's so disfigured she takes it out on him later on in the episode I don't want to give too much away uh, but what I will say, it's very timely because she is a uh, a man uh, or a woman trapped in a man's body. And she wants to undergo a basically uh, sex change operation. And for that time when it came out was kind of a big deal. Yeah. It was still very much a taboo. Yeah. I think in many ways it is still a taboo to this day, unfortunately, with a lot of people uh, who are not. As woke as you should be, I think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very twisted, very twisted tale. And overall, um, it has some creep factors, but it's very comedic as well. Uh, the second episode, and we'll obviously talk about both of these. Yeah, I was just saying,
0: yeah, give us the description of the second one, and then we'll just kind of go off with, with both of them and everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the second episode is called True Believer. It stars Tom Skerritt and Ornella Muti.
0: You mean Hottie McHatterson?
1: Exactly. Right? <laughs> right. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah, Ornella Ornella Muti. Yeah. Uh Tom yeah, Tom Skerritt and Ornella Muti. Tom Skerritt is a uh detective. He calls himself a ghostbuster. Yeah, at one point funny, in the episode, yeah. which is cool. He's investigating some paranormal activities inside a church where a, a priest has committed suicide. What ends up developing is there is a spirit in the church? Uh, he's a skeptic, and the spirit kind of enters the body of his uh, ex-wife. Uh, portrays himself, portrays itself as his ex-wife, and so he has sex with it. And right after he finishes having sex with it, it turns into the body of his daughter, who uh, we find out killed herself earlier in the episode, which creeps him out so badly that he basically goes insane, and the episode ends that way.
0: Uh, it ends awesomely with him, like, he's, like sitting in a corner, like, all you hear is clicking sounds. You're like, what is that noise? And he's got his own gun in his mouth, and he just keeps pulling the trigger, hoping to die, while the paramedics are, like, staring at him. He just keeps pulling the trigger. It's the most intense ending of anything I've ever seen.
1: It really is. It really is. It's it's so creepy and good and they pack so much into thirty minutes, in my opinion. Shit, that thing uh, was it's really like, well written. I think it was like
0: twenty minutes. Like they pack a lot of jumps and scares in into twenty minutes of TV. Better than some movies, cough cough, malignant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I'll just wrap up really quick by saying that I think uh uh, there's some practical effects that they do in this episode <laughs> for its time that I think are, are really well done. Um, the, the the chill factor is still very much uh, on, a, on a level of creepiness. And uh, you've got an A-list actor in Tom Skerritt who's acting his butt off uh, and and does a really damn good job. And Ornella Muti, who, you know, uh, she was in Flash Gordon, for Christ's sakes. But outside of that, she hasn't really done a whole lot. So it's nice to see her in a movie um, outside of Flash Gordon or, or, or a show, I guess yeah. I love this show. I chose it because honestly, Diallo and Corey already brought my two favorite shows to the table. And I'm like, well, I'll do the hitchhiker. Then I was going to go with something, another anthology series, but I thought, no, I'll go with this one feels right because it's, it feels the most obscure. Yeah, I mm-hmm. guess mm-hmm. Uh, out of the three, I think this is probably the most obscure one. Um, even though it lasted for a really long time. I think it was a precursor to Red Shoe Diaries in many ways, because I think HBO saw the sex factor, and they saw the kind of narrator, like David Duchovny, and they're like, hmm, we could go another route with this. We could ramp up the sex, lower the violence, and make it uh, Red Shoe Diaries. Zalman King was like, let's do this, yeah, because it kind (laughs) of has that vibe to it in a way, like, especially with the the sexual piece, because every episode kind of devolved or evolved in some sort of sexuality. Uh, but again, phenomenal cast overall throughout this, ser- this show. Most of these episodes are free on YouTube. If you can find them, I highly encourage it. Uh, fellas who wants to start first? What did you guys think of these shows? The hitchhiker episodes?
0: Uh, Di- Diallo and in, in the immortal words of Sergeant Apone, be my guest. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Bay twelve, please.
0: Bay twelve, please. (laughs) Um,
2: Yeah, that it was. That was. um, I was. uh, I remember watching Hitchhiker. I think mostly in syndication. I was, and kind of like Corey. I think I heard about it after I had seen The Hitcher. Um I was actually and I was actually surprised that it came out in 83 for some in my my head it was like early 90s but maybe that's just when yeah. I was watching it um so I know we didn't have HBO so um but anyways that was uh, I was kind of surprised by the thriller aspect of it um so the 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 episode with the plastic surgeon what was the name of that one again
0: Face Face to Face Face to face. face. To face yeah. yeah.
2: So that was the first one I watched um, and uh, I was really excited uh, to see what's his name. I was talking about him the other day. Uh,
1: Robert Vaughn. Yeah.
2: Robert Vaughn. I was really excited. And then Man um uncle. Yeah. And then I w- and then like that kind of like it raised the level of uh, intent because of the cast for me. And so I yeah. think I took it a little bit more seriously. One of the things that I noticed too about it was, and this actually comes up in the other shows, was I was kind of recognizing the the sets that they were using. They definitely were like stages in um, some place in like uh, the valley, <laughs> <or> something <laughs> yeah, like oh, totally. somewhere else. That I just thought that it was kind of interesting because then it made me think about the budget and how um, how um, the they put so much. On the stories being solid, that even though like you know t- a lot of time has passed, like all of these stories had like an impact on me in in some way, you know even yeah. even though yeah. you know it's been a long time, um, but yeah the so the face to face that was it was really like kind of like dark comedy. Um, the <laughs> I was wa- so I was watching it and like had all my windows open. Um, <laughs> And you know, def- my you know, my neighbors can see into my apartment when all the, neighbors, when the no. windows are open. My TV, especially, they can see. And so, when it got to the part with, with the the sex scenes, um, that was I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, I was expecting this. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, I wonder what was they not think. Not expecting I'm... to see. Yeah. Was
1: w- not expecting to see Robert Vaughn eating strawberries off of Sybil Danning's chest, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I hope it's they don't gross and. <laughs> hot at the same time
2: yeah that's uh what's her name's mom isn't it uh gwyneth paltrow isn't that gwyneth paltrow's mom or did i make that up is that, is that a different... no no that's not no i'm thinking Blake of blight danner Blake yeah, <laughs> danner who's right? no sybil danner yeah, i was like what did, how did i get there from there anyways
1: Be attractive in her own right <laughs> <laughs> um
2: but anyways yeah it was it was really it was really like kind of fun I did. I kind of the ending felt very telegraphed to me. Like I saw yeah. where it was headed, but the subject matter was was uh, really um, you know kind of important. And I think just you know watching that today and like like we're still dealing like you know it's in the news now with uh, all the Dave Chappelle stuff. It's like that subject is still very much like you know talked about and controversial and people are still trying to break down walls. So back then, like, Oh my God, like your like mind completely blown, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. So,
2: yeah. So that was that. I know you, you want to jump to the next episode after we. Yeah, it's yeah. What
0: uh, yeah, no, I mean, my thoughts on, on face to face, uh, pretty much similar as yours. I was, I was engrossed, you know. I was engaged the entire time, you know. I didn't quite know where it was going. I thought they had a little bit of a, of a red herring or a, a thread with her. The whole talking to herself thing, I thought that thread sort of didn't go anywhere. But, you know, in 20 minutes, they, yeah. they, they do a good job of making the come up and satisfying and, you know, and yeah, there's there's sex. I was not expecting that. I didn't realize this was, an, you know, an HBO show. And there's even, like, a uh, the, the. it's like he's having sex with like this younger doctor is before he has sex with sybil danning and even that girl like walks by and she's got like a merkin on i'm like jesus christ like so she's like pretty much butt naked you know i'm like this is a yep. show right here guys you know <laughs> uh,
1: but but i did like hey, i bring it to the table I'm i know
0: man. hbo's I got, been I
2: mean, doing that forever for decades yeah didn't start with game yep, of thrones yep.
0: Yeah, Dream On, baby. That was uh, <laughs> yeah. I remember that show back in the day. Um, one thing that I I think I liked the the other one better. Uh, the True Believer one was I thought a bit more intense. Um, but one thing I did enjoy about this versus uh, almost every other anthology show, I like how the hitchhiker is in their world. A lot of times you see yeah. uh, you know Rod Serling is 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 in a different area. You know he's like in the set or like the the crypt keeper is in a set and it's kind of like you know, this or that. Or sometimes you don't even have, like, uh, any kind of connective character, like, in Tales from the Dark Side. So it was kind of neat to see the hitchhiker actually there. Like, he, you know, I like how you said it was, like, there's, like, a cold open, like, a five-minute cold open to set things up, and then the car will, like, drive past somebody holding out their finger, and then it'll be it'll be him, and then it'll go in, and you will start talking about it. I like that a lot. That was probably my favorite aspect yeah. of it. Um, and then the other episode... Man, that was intense! Uh, Like it's twenty minutes of like most of it's in like a haunted house, an ex commune, but it's it's just a house. Uh, But the the directing, the writing does a great job of really scaring the crap out of you up until the the last possible moment, and then leaving you with that ending. Of course, it's all. You know, helped by Tom Skerritt. I mean, like like Zach said, he's he's acting up a storm. He's freaking Tom Skerritt. He's f- he's fantastic and everything. And it was such a dark yeah. story too, and and whatnot. It was that was intense. That was a really good episode, I thought. Yeah. What what was your thoughts on on the True Believer one?
2: Yeah, True Believer. It felt it. That was one of the ones that felt like it could have actually been expanded into an actual film, like a feature-length yeah, totally. film. Yep. Um, and you yep. could like, you know, it's kind of obscure enough now where you could actually probably get away with <laughs> making a feature-length film with the same yeah. story and adding more elements to it. But yeah, that that one, like it stood out to me in terms of like the cinematography and um, the mood and tone and the vibe. Um, yeah, it was all dark. Um, yeah, and Tom Skerritt just like, he just... He's the man. Right. So he's like he's on screen. Okay. And, and again, it just it lends the whole endeavor a sense of intent that you didn't you don't get from other from other shows. Um, yeah. And that, and like the twist, it was like, I don't know if I I don't know if I saw it coming because you had already mentioned like what was it
0: <laughs> you're like it's got it's got tom scared it's got nudity it's got incest <laughs> hey, yeah
2: yeah and so like yeah, i, I, so I kind of uh, knew I... yeah go
0: ahead
1: yeah <laughs> I, I sent a text out to to diallo and Corey ahead of time uh encouraging them to watch true believer <laughs> because i had sent them face to face first and i'm like no 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 that one yeah that's that one's good but this one really captures like the creepy tone right and so uh i'm like So the first time I'm like, you guys are gonna like it. It's got all the things you love. (laughs) And incest. Maybe you don't love that. But 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 my my thing was
0: I didn't quite understand uh, so like so the it was he was having sex with the wife and then it turns around it's the daughter but, like, you know you didn't have sex with the daughter. You know, it's like, what was it trying to tell you in the end other than freak him out, you know, type of thing. But what I think is, what I'm trying to say is, I think Dial is right. I think the, the, the person who wrote this story probably had a lot of concepts in their head that I think really yeah. could actually be kind of fleshed out, and uh, especially, you know, and then keep that ending. But I wasn't quite sure what it was trying to say, But ultimately, does that matter if it leaves you with the freaky feeling?
1: It doesn't matter, I don't think. But I will say that one theory that went in my head and maybe the reason why his daughter was leaving them is is maybe he was Mm. doing things to his daughter as priests do to their. You know, as priests have an issue with that too, <laughs> and and then so maybe this thing was like preying upon your deepest, darkest desires, and then twisting them on you. Yeah, and you know, him realizing that it was daughter, but also real, knowing that his daughter's dead, freaked him out. And I mean, maybe, maybe there's some pieces to that. Yeah, you know, yeah, the way because uh, it, cause it
2: opened know. with because uh, he he was there to investigate a suicide, so I mean, yeah. that was one of the things you know, that. I liked about it was like the circular nature of it. So he Mm -hmm. like shows up to, to investigate it. And then like, he sort of, you, you got why the person before him had killed himself. um, Yeah. And like for some unknown kind of reason, but um, yeah, like, yeah, there, I guess there are some plot holes, but then it's like 20 minutes and, you know, um, you just kind of see Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta roll with it. You know? Um, well, so. it also
0: kind of made me realize that you also have to kind of put yourself into anthology mindsets because it's 20 minutes like you just said there's a you have to condense everything you kind of have to let some little things slide you don't have time to like focus on any kind of potholes you're just you're barreling from moment you go to the end you're barreling to the end you know and i do think that sometimes you have to just get yourself into that mindset but at the same time Man, twenty-minute bite-sized episodes of of scary fun—like it's pretty awesome to like binge-watch an anthology series like this.
1: Yeah, it is. And I, I was—you know—you had said uh, you liked that the hitchhiker was in the world of of the the characters. I don't know. I didn't watch every single episode uh, back in the day, but I am curious, and I I always hoped and wished they would have done this, but I'm not sure if they did. Uh, where they made an episode about the hitchhiker. That would be cool. And that would have been really cool because that guy was so, He had such a cool on screen presence about him uh, and charisma. And, you know, but, but, but again, like Diallo said, the, the overall kind of writing of, of a lot of these episodes, the acting chops of some of these phenomenal actors at that time uh, was, was amazing. Oh, one little, one little, um, universe that's cool is the Tom Skerritt is listening to the radio on his way to the church and it is a it is a religious station he's listening to on the radio that's Gary Busey talking I thought that was yeah and so he play they follow that up I think it's like WWE D D or something like that. It's one of the other episodes. I think of that season of the following season, but it's Gary Busey playing that role. He's a, oh, a wow. Bible thumping uh, preacher and Gene Simmons is in that episode as well. It's Just another like, really good one too. Now
2: that's like cool. Son was
0: in contact. I, I would, yeah. I would like to I like that kind of stuff too. If there was actually some sort of, worldly connective tissue to it you know so that that's really neat that's really neat so so far i think uh, we can all say we recommend uh the hitchhiker right do y'all i think this is a good one
2: yeah definitely i, I actually was watching it thinking well wow, he's got the, the cushiest job ever he just gets to show up for a couple uh scenes As an actor and... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that must have been great oh tom scarrett <laughs> no the, the, hitchhik- the hitchhiker, hitchhiker. Oh yeah.
1: yeah, no, that totally. Yeah. He's, uh, he's got a good little run there. Yeah. He did it for 80 some odd episodes. That is so. like, he just
2: shows up, puts his thumb up, does a couple shots in the can. You're out.
1: Yeah, that's And great. it
2: was
0: interesting because, uh, clearly, you know, that one, the Tom Skerritt one, true believer, uh, the shots with the, the hitchhiker and like the exterior shots, those are really clearly not California. Like it was something yeah. like Midwest or something. And I was like, that's, mm. that's, that's cool. I was like, I'm glad we're seeing, you know, something that's just not the Valley or not any other place in California. You know,
1: (laughs) I I think it was a, it was a Canadian French uh, production. So I think they might've filmed things like on the East coast of Canada. I'm not sure. It definitely doesn't look Um, like,
0: like West coast Canada, you know?
1: Yeah. And then when the show got, went into syndication or went to USA, that's where I watched a lot of the episodes as well um they obviously edited a lot of scenes heavily yeah (laughs) uh, but the original hbo ones were the where was (laughs) that you know what i'm saying
0: uh good shit man good shit all right diallo are you ready to take us to the dark side with tales from the dark side hey everybody Corey here i just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages Hey everybody, co-host Corey here to tell you about our exciting new partnership with 80s Tees, the one-stop shop for all your licensed nostalgic t-shirts. Right now when you enter BFOP at the checkout, you get 30% off your entire order. That's right, you can get an awesome Photon t-shirt like the one I have, which you can see on our Instagram page, or any of their other licensed designs at a discount when you enter BFOP at checkout. That's 80stees.com and BFOP at checkout for 30% off your entire order. And now, back to the show.
2: Oh, yeah. From the dark side. Man lives in the sunlit <laughs> world. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> loved Tales from the Dark Side so much. I was obsessed with the show when it was on. Um, so um, it uh, debuted <laughs> in uh, 1983, um, and then it actually went into uh, into syndication from 1984 to 1988. Um, I uh, used to, used to locally where I lived. It used to come on at midnight, and my understanding is that a lot of um, uh, shows areas um, actually aired it at midnight or close to midnight to kind of keep up that whole feeling of like being in the, you know, from the dark side as you were entering the night Um, Yeah, the opening. Yeah. The, the opening was like, I mean, no matter what the episode happened, what happened inside the episode, the opening just kind of like sealed the whole deal for me every time. Mm. It was just so like, so creepy. And you watched like the, the background and the, sh- the, the the isolation of it and you're, you're out in some fields and even when they had cars in the distance driving by, which annoyed me a little bit, it still had like yeah. this feeling of like, I was going to this other place, right? So it is Tales from the Dark Side. It, uh, it kind of, it ran the gamut from uh, sci-fi, horror, thriller, dark comedy, but most of the episodes were more in like the horror side. Um, you know, some of them had um, some thriller aspects. Um, so the show actually was um, sort of like a descendant of Creep show and um, I think it was like it was Creep show the so Creep show became popular and then the creators wanted to make a show, but Warner Brothers owned the name Creep show. so they just changed the name and and you know, Called it "Tales of the, Tales from the Dark Side," um, and actually, um, speaking of creep show, George Romero, who we all know, um, was the creator. Uh, he wrote quite a few episodes, and he was the executive producer. That's actually something I didn't know until very recently. Actually, I was just for when I was watching it as a kid, I just was watching the show, and i i don't I don't know that I knew, even though I had you know watched. A ton of George Romero movies growing up, I, it was more about the movies and not about the creators when I was younger. So I didn't realize that George Romero actually was like the the brain behind the show. But yeah, he had, they had like a lot of like well-known writers. There was a couple episodes ri- that were um, written by or taken from um, Stephen King short stories, uh, Frederick Pohl, Harlan Ellison, Clyde Barker and John Cheever, some names that um Amazing. that have written some Amazing. episodes. Um, and you, speaking of uh, you said Rubenstein, the theme was uh was made by Donald Rubenstein, who like I until you guys were saying the name, I'm like oh it was like All in the Family kind of deal. So I guess <laughs> yeah. he he had done scores uh for a couple of um. Other George Romero uh, projects, Martin and Night Riders, which, oh, which no, you yeah, guys Mar- both yeah. know, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it, um, yeah, and uh, the uh, the uh, voiceover, the iconic still voiceover, which creeps me out to this day, it was by his guy Paul Sparer, and he, um, kind of like a character actor. That's probably the most noteworthy thing he's done, but oh, uh, it's just so, it's just so on point. It's so I, so on I didn't. Point.
0: I, really quick while you're talking about the narrator, I didn't double check, but he sounds like the narrator of Haunted Mansion at uh, Disneyland.
2: Yeah, I didn't actually look into that, but I actually had that same exact thought. But um, I but it was like I, it was like a little bit later, and I didn't have time to actually actually look into it. But that did cross my mind. Um, but I don't. He wasn't listed as doing the voice, so I don't think so.
0: And I, um, so. I don't know if they even if if like. I don't know if like a- amusement parks will like rides will pop up on IMDb, you know? Uh
2: huh. Yeah, I mean, but you know, like a lot of if if he was known for it, I just would have assumed that they would have listed his his name um, in some of the descriptions because you know how you know how a lot of uh, us fans are, but uh, yeah, of course, yeah, but yeah, it's um. It, uh, It just like, yeah, I was, I remember I, you know, I came across it some point in the mid 80s, probably a little bit later in the run of the show, maybe like 86 or 87. Um, And, you know, from there on I was sold and I just like, it was like um, my appointment at uh, midnight on Friday nights where I grew up um, because I didn't go out and party um <laughs> was to watch was to watch uh tales from the dark side and just be creeped out and then go back to school on monday and have all our friends talk about the latest episode so um oh. two uh, especially one of which to this day a friend of mine uh max um who we we still talk about he makes fun of me for being scared of uh uh, the Cuddy Black Sow, which was the, uh, the episode I had you guys watch. That well, episode... well,
0: add uh, add me to that list too. <laughs> yeah, I mean that episode.
2: Ditto
1: makes fun of you for being afraid of that yeah, episode he, because fine. Really... Yeah, he terrifying. always was
2: like saying I'm scared of everything, and I guess he was just too cool or something. But um, but yeah, that episode. Like watching it again, I was like, wow, this actually was scary. <laughs> yeah,
0: Zach, it's Zach. I think Zach, you said something similar, didn't you?
1: yeah i'm like uh, this this show this episode is going to traumatize me tonight yeah uh going to bed yeah. and and if i was a i remember i don't remember watching this one as a kid mm-hmm. but if i did uh add that to my night terror list because it's terrifying as shit yeah, yeah. It, like it, I, it preys upon everything that creeps you out as a kid
2: yeah, it was it was pretty intense. And, yeah, again watching it now. I bought cuz I remember like always like it just was so creepy and scary and it it's funny cuz it's never really on like the list of like the scariest episodes, but to me I'm just like man, this is just like this is the worst. Oh, <laughs> well, I
1: mean, you you can you'll obviously go into it the whole whole deal, but uh from the from the beginning uh to the end, it's a creepy you know, atmospheric deal I'm, yeah
0: i'm almost
1: i'm almost certain
0: uh uh doherty uh you know the guy who created trick or treat and krampus i guarantee mm-hmm. you he had to have seen this because there's some major major vibes uh mm-hmm. for the Cuddy black Sal. but yeah do yeah g- give a tee up the description of the episode because i think uh that that would help it's it's such an intense episode
2: yeah, so uh the in the episode there's a, a, a family kind of a nuclear family, mom, dad, um a daughter and a son and their grandmother is on her deathbed and she's from the uh the old the old world, right? So she's from uh, it was like Ireland or Scotland. Yeah. And um she tells this story to the um like kind of directed towards the son. Of this, uh, you have to write your name or initials on these rocks, and you throw them into the fire, and it protects you from like the evil spirits. And by the way, this takes place on Halloween, which I didn't actually realize that when I picked this episode, but it was like perfect for perfect perfect for the uh, for this episode. But um, anyway, so he puts the fires in the rock, and the whole idea is to protect uh, you from the uh, dark spirits that coming, in, particularly the Cuddy Black Sow for uh, all on all Hallows' eve and kids go out trick-or-treat come back and the rock that he had put in the fire with his initial had fallen out of the circle of fire so that meant that he was like next on the list to be uh snatched and so the rest of the episode is him you know is all the the tension and creepiness about like the Cuddy black sow um, coming to get him, and uh, oh boy, <laughs> I'm getting that. i mean, actually hairs on my <laughs> hair, just kind of standing up thinking about it. Because you know,
1: last it, 30 seconds, last 30 seconds are the most dramatic and traumatic of the episode. Yeah, last 30 seconds, yeah,
0: because they actually cast like a 10 year old kid. This isn't one of those deals where they cast like a 20 year old to play like a kid. The kid is like ten. It's insane. He
1: looks like Steven Dorff. <laughs> he looked like Steven Dorff from the gate. Yeah. So, yeah, he was actually. So the
2: kid's name was Huckleberry Fox, and he was actually. Uh, he was in terms of endearment. That's like his most, his oh. most famous. Uh, role other than Cuddy Black Sal. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a, oh man, just it was so, it was just it, like the whole thing, like it's dark and it's moody, the um, storm outside, Halloween, and then that feeling of being stalked, like he looks out the window, you're like you look out the window and you see these yellow eyes staring out and it just, you know, and then, you know, when he thinks he's safe, when they it's when, when it, goes it gets down you. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> the, this episode was probably the highlight of of, of All of them tonight, truthfully, this one was strong. Uh, the the atmosphere was fantastic. Uh, it was refreshing to see him, you know, being like 10, his sister's like nine, like them actually using like kid actors, which creates this extra layer of of fear and realism to it. And then on top of it, you know, it, it there's so much like folklory type of stuff that I love. It just it, it checked all the boxes that I am on board for and truthfully like the story of what it is feels so contemporary. Feels like you could watch a movie about that nowadays, you know, and it just felt perfect. It was it was a great Halloween episode and uh, something I would actually highly recommend watching on Halloween. It's a it's an awesome Awesome episode. Zach, I know it scared the crap out of you. It scared the crap out of me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, like you guys, watched uh, this show religiously. It was on WGN uh, when I was a kid because it, it's a Tribune-produced yeah. show, so it came out of Chicago, which I always loved that. Something about WGN, I love watching Bozo the Clown back in the day. I always wanted to be a <laughs> contestant on Bozo the Get those archway cookies, and they always gave away toys to the kids. But, uh, But at night, you're right. Midnight. I don't remember staying up till midnight, but I do remember seeing this on at night. And all you needed was the music. Um, the minute the music hit, and the, the 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 color picture went from like black and white, kind of reverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it was in in the creepy font of the title. the The whole vibe was so creepy. I don't think anything. Came before or since uh, that truly captured in an intro, like ab- the ability to scare the crap out of you in the first. 30 seconds so this sh- episode in the first 30 seconds creeped me out in the last 30 seconds creeped me out overall <laughs> it creeped me out um you know there are shows in the in like Rod Serling's The Night Gallery and uh Thriller had like similar like really creepy those are also anthology sh- anthology shows I was thinking of uh, at the time that would make me creeped out in the beginning this one specifically though creep the hell out of me i love that i didn't really know or recognize any of the actors in this they all seemed like relatively unknown performers um the freaking grandma the great grandma the kid's great grandmother is dying on the night before halloween and the mom's like Okay, kids, gotta yeah. go to bed early. So you can go trick or treating yeah. next day. I'm like, what? Your grandma's about to die. She's wild. She's wailing in pain, yeah. you know, and and she's about to die. And the dad's like, Yep, she's gonna die. Yep, G- yep. Give her some
0: morphine uh, or something, man. Yeah,
1: Jesus. <laughs> and then she does, and you're like, Holy shit! She, and, she and does it, right in front
0: of the the grandson. Yeah, right like, of, you know, yeah. uh, she's just yeah. like, I'm dead. <laughs>
1: But he has the wherewithal to record her telling the story, which is so cool. So he's playing it back, so you hear his dead grandmother, great grandmother's voice echoing from the grave. You know this this creepy tale, and and the tone is so intense. And it is it's like it's such a beautiful buildup, and it in a and I love seeing kids portrayed in a realistic, smart way, mm-hmm. uh, and not cynical or sarcastic like every kid nowadays is. Uh, and the interactions he has with his sister feel very real. Overall, the, the, the episode is so well done. Um, you know, the effects might be cheesy by today's standards. But again, you know, I, I was having a conversation earlier today about using your freaking imagination. Like, use your imagination. Just buy into it, and it makes it that much better. So good, so good. So uh, yeah, I had to change my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the Cuddy
0: Black sow was was definitely the the winner of the two. But that's not to say that uh, Answer Me was was terrible by any stretch of the ma- imagination. Uh, Answer Me, AKA the episode with Queen Bev Morda from Willow. Guys, yes, guys. Did you not know uh, that that I mean... was Queen Bev Morda from Willow?
1: Did we care? Oh, <laughs>
0: fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'll, talk to us about answer JK, me. Jk, <laughs>
2: Yeah, so answer me was um, was that uh, was pretty interesting because it, it it had the feel to me of like, how do you say it? Like a like um a, 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 oh. yeah, yes. a stage play. Play? Yeah, stage play. Yeah, yeah. And it was you know she's very much like she pops up out of bed and like she gets all the. Exposition out talking to herself, and she, you know, Um, there's, there was a, but there was, there was like a crafty uniqueness to it that I actually kind of liked about that. Um, And there was that, um, so like driving um, um, thriller suspense aspect of it, because you you saw her kind of spiral. So it was a little bit more um, like of a mental breakdown than it was like the other like most of the episodes on tales from the dark side at least in my memory were more uh, along the horror lines with monsters and um some sci-fi stuff but this one was more of like a uh what do you call it uh, like a stephen king um um grounded in the real world kind of thing you knew something was going on that was weird but you didn't quite know what it was um so yeah it was uh it was it definitely wasn't as um shocking as uh as um uh black sow but like i said i actually i kind of liked the um watching her mental state (laughs) sort of like break down so
0: well i I think it helps because she was fun to watch uh the whole time like she she she's like this actress uh in from la in new york like subletting her apart uh, apartment from a friend and next door is supposed to be an apartment that's empty and there she keeps hearing noises coming from and apparently somebody killed themselves in there and it kind of spirals yada 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 but like like you said it's like she narrates everything that you see Mm -hmm. so so i'm sitting here watching it and i'm like on one hand, like like I said, I, I like watching her. She's kind of milfy hot for some reason. And then I didn't even know until the end that she was yeah. uh, that she was Queen Babmorta from Willow, a movie that I, I which, I which is awesome, by the
1: way. I'm say. <laughs>
0: Thank that, you. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Willow, Babmorta, turned me into a shrew. <laughs>
1: but uh, I, I just I just like it when Corey when Corey has a when there's a pause. <laughs>
2: Meanwhile, I'm I'm not a fan of Willow. I'm sorry, again. Oh no!
0: Oh my! How dare uh, you? Sorry, I don't I don't I don't
2: want to bring down the down the, moon, the so vibe. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I will say
0: about this episode, I, I it was it was a little bit wonky, you know, with the her whole narrating and everything. But then after a while, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna view this as, like, a a play, a stage play, because it kind of felt like it. It takes place in in essentially two rooms, you know? And I was like, I'm just going to view it like that. But, like, for some reason, I never wanted to stop watching it, even though I was kind of like, she talks weird, like, it's all very exaggerated, but yet I couldn't stop watching it. And when the shit starts to hit the fan, I was engaged. So I was like, huh. I kind of even took it back to myself. I was like, that's weird. I, I was still engaged, yet it was still jarring to sort of watch the dialogue and everything. But... It was fun. It was a fun episode. It was neat. Um, but if if anybody had to watch one of the two, I would say Cuddy blacks out" for sure.
1: I'm just gonna say it's good, and I echo what you're saying. Um, I like if it's a thirty, if it's a twenty or thirty minute episode, I'm kind of okay with seeing like monologues, right? which is basically what this is. If it, if it was anything longer than that, I might not have the same stamina.
0: It didn't. But... It didn't overstay its welcome. Is what it is. No.
1: No, it's good. It's cool. It's cool, and I and I think I what I loved about it is it, was, it wasn't a total departure. Just in tone, the tone is still dark, but um, it, it was still good, nevertheless. Yeah, it yeah. was
2: her. It was her acting and how she emoted everything and like, like we said, it was it felt like a stage play, and that I think that's where it really was different. But th- that also v- very much intentional, likely, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So and it was you know and it. I think one of the things about it that kind of made it work was one of the reasons why like it kind of was annoying a little bit too at first was the phone ringing at least for me. Yeah. So like the phone's ringing and it just keeps ringing and then it keeps ringing and then kind of like an episode of Family Guy where they say the joke and then they keep doing the joke over and over and over and over and like it's annoying but then you do it enough then all of a sudden it starts to like be funny again or something it worked well, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of like that with the phone ringing like after a certain point I, like kept ringing and then I like I was like yeah I got I wanna I want to know what's going on with this and I was I was less annoyed by the constant ringing and I just wanted to know like get to the bottom of it um so yeah, yeah I think that's that's where it that's where like the suspense of the episode um drove things
0: and I, I I wish I could save this thought for for my wrap-up thoughts but I'm afraid I'm gonna forget it so I'm just gonna say it now. I like the fact that I feel like if you took out the the introductions and everything, and you showed so far we watched all four of these episodes, I could tell which ones are Tales from the Dark Side and which ones uh, the Hitchhiker. They, even though it's even though these anthology shows are telling completely different stories every single time, there's some cohesive x-factor that you can just tell that it's a tales from the dark side story versus a a hitchhiker story and later you know versus a monster story so i thought that was really cool i thought so far uh the tales from the dark side are a bit scarier the 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 vibe of them they seem to go more for like a a vibe or a feeling you know and then the hitcher hitchhiker uh, seemed more like go for some gusto and everything but it was. It's fun to see the different vibes of the different shows and how they're able to actually somehow maintain these cohesive vibes with different directors, different writers, and yada, yada, yada.
1: Yeah.
2: Sure. Amen, brother. Amen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you said it all. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I will dive in into
0: Monsters. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just want to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages.
2: On the winter solstice, when the lasting darkness threatens to descend upon the land of Atalan once united, magi in training, Wilt Garen, and his shepherd, warrior in training, Breden Adair, must find an ancient lost weapon before the ultimate ancient evil returns to the world of apes. Hi there. I'm Adiella Jackson, writer of The First Noel's Chronicle podcast. The First Noel is an epic, family-friendly adventure told in serialized form. Think of it as Lord of the Rings meets, well, Christmas. Join us each week for the next thrilling chapter of The First Noel, now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and all major podcasting apps, as well as Kindle Vella if you want to take a read. Thanks and see you in Adelan. The Winter Tell is almost here.
0: And now back to the show. Uh, um, Monsters aired from nineteen eighty eight to nineteen ninety-one. Uh, it was a created as a syndicated horror anthology series. Uh, when it after its original run, it re-ran on the sci-fi channel pretty much throughout the 90s. I kind of remember it was a a staple of the sci-fi channel and everything. Um, The series was created by Richard P. Rubenstein. Uh, He worked with George Romero on Dawn of the Dead, and he also produced Tales from the Dark Side. And it was also uh, uh, co-created by Mitchell Galand, who produced The Stand TV show for ABC and uh, a oh. mini series that I loved, the, the, the Dune miniseries for Sci-Fi Channel, uh, Dune. And, and then oh. they did the sequel, Children of Dune and everything. And I loved that series. Interesting. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Cool. Uh, the show featured uh, some notable guest stars, such as Jerry Stiller, David Spade, Tony Shilob, uh Steve Buscemi, Matt LeBlanc, Tori Spelling, many, many more. Uh, but I think one of the main things that a lot of people remember, and we're, we talk about all the these intros for these anthology films, but this one still stood out to me as a kid, probably I would almost put this on par with the Crypt Keeper, like Tales from the Crypt, how it has like this elaborate intro with a cool set, and it almost builds like an alternate world reality type of thing, where in this one, in Monsters, the, the camera kind of goes down into Earth, so you think that, you know, into a neighborhood, this is of course a very suburban looking neighborhood, and you think that, you know, you, this is your family, this, like Dallas said, your nuclear family watching TV, but then it goes into it, and they are like these monsters. The mom's like this Psychops one-eyed thing, and there's a daughter and everything, and then they're, you know, and they're watching TV and everything, and I think that intro, I mean, if you show that intro to anybody, I think they're going to remember it, especially if they were watching TV back in, you know, back in this time frame. I only brought one episode to the show, to TV Obscura, that's Season 3, Episode 10, and it's titled The Waiting Game, and... <laughs> The story is it's a post-nuclear, you know, war. Uh, you follow sort of two uh, bunkers, right, with with two people in each bunker. And there's some, you know, the, the world essentially ends because of nuclear war. You don't even know why it happens. And then these two people kind of are left communicating. And then eventually the other bunker, uh, they discover people are outside. They go outside to, you know, see what they are. They get attacked, Turns out that they're vampires, and then by the end of it, uh, they're trying to get into the last you know, remaining surviving bunker, and it's really cool because the one vampire's out there with the keypad trying to get in, and he's like, look, I got nothing but time. And he's like, I can figure out the passcode. It doesn't matter how long it takes, and I can still remember Bro. so vividly so creepy, <laughs> watching this episode i, I uh, zach i talked about my buddy robbie uh before um i used to hang out with him back in the day he would fall asleep at like he would always fall asleep at like 9 p.m and i would stay up to like 2 in the morning mm-hmm. watching his like you know cable tv and everything and i watched this by myself i don't think i fucking slept that night because and I was probably like 12, 11, something <laughs> like that when I saw this episode, 13, oh, somewhere man. around there. And just the fact that like the world ends, like, you know, you're, you're stuck there and then you're essentially you're you can talk to death right outside the window. You can talk to your friend that is now a vampire, but yet you can't stop him. From coming in. That, uh, Zach, as you know, that ties into like my fear of like the thing. It's like, why can't I just reason with you? You know what I mean? And everything, because it doesn't matter. They're still going to get you. This episode, Uh this episode was so impactful on me that as I'm watching it, I can almost remember everything about it. And guys and gals, I have not seen it since that one fateful night kind of like kind of like black Emmanuel with Laura Gemser burned into my brain when I saw that at like 10 years old I have never seen it since and it's my white whale I I want to watch it but kind of don't weirdly kind of don't want to watch it but this episode of monsters has lived in my the dark recesses of my brains for so long and I watched it again and man oh man it holds up so well. It's just as freaky as as it was then. I might not sleep tonight either. It's freaking terrifying. Uh, but I do remember watching this show. This I, I did watch the shit out of this show, but I didn't bring another episode to the table because none of them were as impactful as this and the intro like I remember the intro like the back of my hand for this show and you know you guys were talking like uh, I think the hitchers a bit more leans a little bit more on the thriller side of things I think you know uh, uh, tales from the dark side leans a bit more on the horror side of things this one they tried to literally stick to the name and really try to focus on monsters Every single episode, and uh, and this this episode has obviously shades of of uh, uh, I Am Legend. Um, it's it's clearly an homage to I Am Legend. And uh, oh boy, oh boy, Diallo, you have you had a very visceral visceral response to this episode. <laughs> kick, kick kick off that yeah, discussion dude. of this one.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean you brought up I Am Legend, and that's definitely what the vibe that I had from it, which like, explain to me why I was having so much anxiety. (laughs) Um, Man, like, so I, the thing is, like, I remember at the time, like, as I was a big fan of Tales uh, from the Dark Side, and then it got canceled. And then um, they, I knew that Monsters was sort of, like, from the same group. And at the time, I was like, resentful isn't the word, but I was kind of, I was a little bit dismissive of monsters, you know? Cause I was like, well, it's like, it's like a less, I, in my head it was like a lesser version of, of Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah. And uh, I did, and I never really liked the opening either because it was too comedic for me for like, for some <laughs> of the, for some of like, you know, cause it didn't set up like the creepy that I wanted, you know? Um, so anyways, yep. I was like a little dismissive of it, but like this episode like totally brought me like, all the respect that I never gave it because <laughs> cuz man like I was <laughs> at first cuz like it starts off with like the nuclear destruction so like it's down a certain path right so I wasn't expecting it to go where it was going <laughs> but then like you know you hear the voices on the other end and then I'm like oh are they like kind of like ghosts or monsters out there or something and then it turns out that they're, like, all trying to get in. Like, I'm going to go outside. No, don't go outside. Like, that whole thing with the other bunker. Yeah. And then, when you know, when they get to the shot, like, I get, I'm getting, like, goosebumps, like, all over just thinking about it. When they get to the shot, like, towards the end where they're all, like, the whole group of the vampires are standing outside. And he puts in the first number. And it's, like, whatever it is, like, 1111 or something. Yeah. And then he puts 1112. Oh, my God. Like, and then this <laughs> first his friend looking out the window and like he when he realizes like that the guy can just put in numbers until he figures it out and there's nothing you can do about it because if he opens the door you're done but then if you just wait like there's just the sheer terror of waiting and like you can never go to sleep but like like oh man that that it like I, the, the anxiety the sheer anxiety <laughs> of that just like it 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 did me over like i i I, I think i texted you guys after and i was like holy oh my god that that episode really did me in and it like and it kind of taps into a lot of like when i watch a lot of um like horror sci-fi that some of the things that get to me are like isolation that feeling of like you no matter what you do no matter where you run you you'll be found that's one of the like when i watched the original planet of the apes that's how i feel cuz it's like there's nothing that um, there's no Taylor, safe, there's yeah. no safe
0: harbor anywhere
2: yeah he can you wherever you go they're like you're you're a human so they're just going to like find you so there's nowhere you can hide and that 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 very feeling just like gets to me and that's kind of the same feeling that I had in this Oh man, it was like masterful psychological, like horror. It was yeah. so good. It was so good. Oh, it was. It yeah. was
0: almost. It was almost a better adaptation of I Am Legend than the Will Smith uh, movie yeah. was. And this was twenty no, was. minutes long. So yeah, I mean, it
2: because yeah. it cause it, it, it really got what it was about, right? Like yeah. if you if you actually yeah. read the book, that's that's what the. Um, uh protagonist actually goes through he it's like that feeling of just like like there's nothing (laughs) and he's always kind of like you know when when night comes he's like boy you can't go anywhere and like can't let your guard down they're everywhere yeah oh man that's that's the freakiest part
0: in it when you hear from the girl side of uh over there and she's like i can hear them outside oh god that's that's horrible horrible uh zach did did you watch monsters back in the day
1: Oh, yeah, I watched it religiously back in the day as well. And, and I am echo what Diallo said in regards to the tone of the intro to these shows. I didn't like the intro to these shows. Uh, the quality was cool. It looked cool, but I didn't like the, the lightheartedness of it because I always wanted it to be dark and creepy. Um, Tales from the Dark Side, I think, set the bar of the the ultimate horror anthology intro where that was the whole point freak you the fuck out <laughs> and and so i maybe the intention is we're going to keep it light but then we're going to hit you over the head once the episode starts and i get that that makes total sense to me um this episode in particular i hadn't seen since i was a kid either I did not see Black Emmanuel and <laughs> nor do I have the desire to see a Black Emmanuel. Um, but this one I was super stoked that you chose because I did love this episode. I loved it when I saw it back in the day. I'm sure I saw it again after um, within a, a similar time frame like when I was a kid. but um, uh, the lead the, the main one of the, one of the main characters uh, played by this Doug McKeon, And the minute I saw him, I was like, holy shit, he's in Mischief, uh, which has Kelly Preston in it. And it's a great, like, sex comedy with Catherine Mary Stewart and uh, actually uh, Chris Nash from The Wraith. He was in The Wraith also. But... um, uh, Doug McKean was also in On Golden Pond. Yeah. He was the Jane Fonda's son in On Golden Pond. Wow. And I'm like, oh shit, I saw him in a theater. That that blows my mind. <laughs> but but I'm watching this episode about a dude who all he wants to do is get his job done, go on vacation, sit on a beach with some uh, nymphs, right? As he as he well, calls t- them. 10 beach nymphs. <laughs> well, 10 beach nymphs. Yeah. And I'm like, this is Corey. Actually. <laughs> this is like this is this guy kind of looks like Corey, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and 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 he just basically is thinking about getting laid, and uh, wants to do his job, get it over with, and he's got a thing for the ladies because the minute all hell breaks loose and they go nuclear war, uh, when he hears the the other base contact them and it's a chick, he's like, oh, I want to talk to her, and they end up having like a little mini relationship for, you know, a few hours or whatever. I'm like, I could totally see Corey doing this right now. <laughs> so like, hey, Corey. Um, <laughs> But you're right. Like the 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 creep factor of the vampires was it. It also had shades of uh, John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness when the uh, when you know the devil or whatever comes out of the church and has his arms out raised like a yes. like a vampire because he kind of does that in the episode. The, and there's like and, a
0: hard light behind him, so it's kind of. Sh- dude, good call. I saw that and I thought the exact same thing. I was like Prince of Darkness.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, you know, they probably had a shoestring budget, and what they did with a shoestring budget was really good. Again, less is more, in my opinion. Um, they, they did more with less than, than most people do. They do less with more, <laughs> a la <laughs> I Am Legend. Yeah. I don't dislike I Am Legend, but let's be honest. They spent probably, what, $300 million on that movie, and and... You could have ha- cut that budget into a quarter and made it scarier, you know, creepier, whatever. Um, but this was so good. The premise is great. Yeah, clearly the guy's gonna probably kill himself, would have to kill himself. Yeah. I would have killed myself. Yeah,
0: that's the only know? way to sort of go out there at that point. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, I you know go but, out with
1: a bang, I guess, you know.
2: But then I was watching it and I was like, Well, like couldn't he just like become one of the vampires too? Like you know, like but that was wondering like Like, would you want that to happen? And there's there's terror no matter what choice he makes, and that's just no
0: matter what. And there's a cool shot when when uh, when Corey goes out there, and you know he's like, oh, it's freezing out here because he kind of finally embraces the the girl that he was talking to and everything, and she's like turned around, she's not facing him. He opens the door, goes out there, and he's like, it's freezing. How did you survive? And she's like, oh, easily. I didn't. And then she turns around. And even as a kid, I'm just like. Yeah, there's oh, just this, you know, there's this idea and obviously growing up in the 80s, we had the Cold War where I'm already scared of nuclear, you know, Holocaust to begin with. And then the idea of even something worse happening, which is like surviving the nuclear, you know, the end of the world scenario, you almost don't even want to like survive that, you know, because everything afterwards is just it's just so much worse. So, yeah, like freaking
1: yeah, two words, Steve Gutenberg in uh in the morning after in, oh yeah the, <laughs> the morning a, in after the morning yeah. after
0: that was another i watched uh, the, the the or the day after was is it isn't it called the day after the day the after, day after. Yeah. the morning yeah, the after, after morning after is it's with, the pill um, that's the pill this
1: must <laughs> be the morning after no the morning after is with uh jane fonda and jeff bridges that's a good one she wakes up the next morning someone's dead
0: okay that's cool.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's good. I just
1: had to finish my thoughts, so thanks for indulging us. The, the day after scared the shit out of me. Uh, Jason Robards and the day after,
0: and, and I think, uh, and I think the UK had their post-apocalyptic nuclear the, one called, yeah, Threads. It was called Threads. Yeah, called Threads. Yeah. Oh, um, did they? I never I've heard of that. It. Yeah. I'll have to check and, that out. And I think oh. it was equally, because
1: I think don't, it was, Never watch it. It
0: was also <laughs> a, a made, a David, David, correct us if I'm wrong. Uh, I know you're listening. Uh, our pal, David Irons, uh, go check him out. We're, we have a fun uh, thing coming up, a, a book uh, that we're going to be producing. Or uh, probably, I don't know even what the word to call it. Anyways, I botched that. David, <laughs> yeah. let us know uh, about threads, but I think- I think that that like The Day After Tomorrow was a TV movie, like one of the most terrifying TV movies of all time. I think Threads was a TV time. movie as well, and I think it was equally traumatic for people over in the UK as The Day After Tomorrow was for us as well.
1: And the, anything that is end of the world, there's there's no one else at the end, at the end of the tunnel. You know, there's no there's no other side, there's no light side. Anything like that. if if that doesn't creep you out, if that doesn't put a feeling in your belly of like, oh, infinite sadness, then you don't have a soul because, (laughs) uh, you know, the the idea like, that's it, you're done. There is no afterlife. There is no whatever. It's like you're wiped off and you're wiped off in a painful way. Um, There was a movie, uh, Miracle Mile, which has comedic elements to it, but again, that's a end of the world movie. Wait, wasn't uh, that know? with
0: um, um, Goose, right? Wasn't Goose in that? Yeah, Anthony Edwards.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think Mare Winningham. You've
0: um, been talking about that one for a while. I've always wanted to see it. Now I'm thinking because of stuff like this and Day After Tomorrow, I think I shied away from uh nuclear yeah. movies and stuff. I think for me as a kid at that early of an age, again, growing mm-hmm. up in the Reagan era with Cold War and stuff, I think it just without you know having the words to, to verbalize it at, at that age, I think it just hit too close to home. And I just didn't want to like even go down that road. And I think one of the shocking things about this episode was I wasn't expecting it, you know, like I'm just sitting there watching TV in my friend's basement while he's been asleep for like the past three hours and I'm not gonna be going to sleep for like another hour or so and I stumble upon this right you know I was probably watching monsters and everything but like nothing could prepare me for it you know what I mean I was like no 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 well then
2: when they blew when they actually have the explosion I was like whoa that's like a legit yeah. like explosion I was like oh they're they're doing it this is
0: yeah this yeah. is going crazy. full yeah, in. because yeah. like,
2: you're we're so I'm so used to seeing that scenario like you know like in um uh Crimson Tide where like it's about them Fighting over pressing the button because they don't know what's going on. They get the but it's like get follow the orders and the one dude's like, Yeah, you got the you got the commands to press the button. He was just nonchalant. Yeah, that, kind of one, nonchalant about yeah, that it. one guy was taking it way too uh too calmly. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and then they did it and then later he's walking around doing his crossword puzzles. I was dying at that. It was like I was kinda like, Where'd you get a crossword puzzle at the end of the world? But anyways um, but, uh, that kind of, that came back. Um, yeah, there was a callback and to that, which was really brilliant. Actually,
0: Yeah, that was, that was really, really cool how they actually tied the, 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 the guy who gets turned into the vampire at the end. I think there was like a five letter word for persistent or something like, or whatever. And then the, he's like, Oh, I know what it is. It's persistence. Yeah. And then persistent. he, that's when he starts doing yeah. one five
1: letter word for Tenacity, tenacity, yeah, 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 Yeah.
0: and then and then that's when he starts typing one 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 two one 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 three, and it's just he's like, I'm gonna get in. It doesn't matter what you do. Oh my god, just thinking about (laughs) this. Yeah. So so it from from these three shows. Uh, of if you had to pick one episode, obviously monsters. I would just recommend uh, this one. Um, but and I'm going to ask you guys the same question. But I'm going to say um, from from the hitchhiker, I would say True Believer. Go watch True Believer. I think that was awesome. And Tales from the Dark Side, whew, Cuddy Black Sal. That right there is tied for with me for for uh, the monsters episode. Man, that thing was was unbelievably awesome but yeah that i would recommend true believer Cuddy black Sal, and uh the waiting game uh zach what what would yours be that you would recommend
1: yeah i would do all three of those as well um i think uh you know whether we do anthology series again down the road uh you know it it, it's up in the air we may or may not uh these are a mixed bag of obscured and not so obscure you know horror fans will definitely know monsters but but it didn't last very long if you think about it in in television terms back in during that day three seasons was not a lot of episodes if you think about it um you know tales from the dark side was everywhere syndicated uh and and, and the hitcher i guess was too but i think it was but it wasn't as accessible because it was not syndicated for the longest time yeah. and it was just purely on hbo so not everybody saw it on uh, hbo was scraping for content so that's probably why it lasted as long as mm-hmm. it did on the, on their on their series because uh, you can only show the all-nighter so many times you know <laughs> um or or not you can show it over and over again but yeah no i put those three or those three shows in uh those three episodes as my tops um Overall, it just makes for a creepy night of viewing. Yeah. You know, if you want to be like, if you, I would put the uh, Cuddy Black Sow at the end, you know, put, put maybe the Hitchhiker episode first with the monsters one second and the Cuddy Black Sow episode third to wrap up a, a night of creepiness. Yeah. Uh, the the middle one is to kind of like, huh, give you a sense of, give you a chance to breathe a little bit because it's so creepy as hell. Uh, but but just a little bit lighter because the first the Hitchhiker one True Believer is so dark. Yeah, just the way it's it is. shot. It's heavy. It's a heavy one. Uh, yeah. There's a scene where the the spirit is like burning up plastic. I was, uh, in the window. I was gonna
0: call that out. That was such an awesome shot. So like there was a shot with Tom Skerritt on the ground outside, and there was like that you know that plastic that you put over windows when they're broken or whatever, and So the cameras on the inside, there's like breathing and stuff. And then clearly they have somebody has like a heat gun or something like melting the plastic. But you don't see the flame. So you just see the plastic melting in front of a little bit of flame like coming up. But you don't see like what's creating it. Such an effective shot. That was for TV. Like that was really fucking cool.
1: Yeah. And it's it's really intense. Um, Really just like. Amityville horror kind of level of just creep factor. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would, that that would do those three in that order.
0: Diala, Do you have any, any variation on, on your three picks? No, not really. I mean, I exactly,
2: Zach, you said exactly like the order that I think you should, or, you know, could get the best enjoyment out of all three watching them. Um, the hitcher episode, actually like kind of thinking about it, it's a little bit more, um, like adult, if that's mm-hmm. the right yeah. word to use. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and it has, and I was, as you guys were talking, I was thinking a little bit, it has like a little bit of more of like seven vibe, mm-hmm. where it's, it's, it's very much grounded in the real world, you know, except for the, maybe the, you know, with the light uh, supernatural aspect to it, but it's very much grounded in the real world, most of the story, but it also has that, um, you know, that, Uh, what do you call it? That, that kind of like a thriller suspense aspect that seven had. So it's like a horror, it's horror on that level, you know? Yeah. Um, And then, yeah,
1: that's a good connection.
2: Yeah. And then, um, yeah, the waiting game is just, yeah, it's like, it's just so like unsettling and disturbing. And, um, and then, uh, cut it Yeah. Just kind of like, it's just an exclamation point at the end, just the way, the way it ends and uh the build-up to it and uh it has like a lot of um you know like a lot of backstory like that yeah. i think that kind of supports like what's going on and it really helps helps round the whole thing out so yeah love loved all three of them um yeah it, it, that would make for a really creepy halloween evening
0: yeah i i, I concur and i also want to come over i also concur with the uh the the viewing order as well. And I think, uh, you know, moving forward, uh, like Zach said, I don't know if we'll do like an anthology one, every like Halloween or something. Although I would like to do something special every Halloween, but we do still have like the Friday the 13th show and stuff to discuss. But I think if we ever, you know, whenever next time we do an anthology show, we have to talk about the exact same episodes because it just doesn't work mm-hmm. if we watch different episodes because they're going to be so, you know, dramatically different from one or the other. So it'll have to be this way. We'll have to watch the same ones over. But I think all three of them were freaking awesome. I think all three of them are perfect for Halloween. I think you should play some mix and match and just have watched some from each of them. But these are the shows that, you know, that Halloween's made for. And uh, I, I, I loved them. I didn't think there was a bad one in all of them. I think they're all awesomely cool. I got I, I, all of it was fun. This was all fun for me. So that's all I got to say about this. Any any wrap up thoughts, uh, Zach? From you on 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 these anthologies?
1: Yeah, my uh, my son was like, I was telling him what I was watching, and he he's like, "Can I watch?" I'm like, "No, nope." We're doing a in a, in a couple weeks. We're gonna do like a little. Um, just you know, with him and, and I are gonna do like a little horror night, and 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 he's like, "Well, what can we watch that'll be scary?" And I said, "Well, we'll watch cartoon Halloween episodes." Well, so, well isn't
0: uh, *One Dark Night* is PG? Well, yeah, we can
1: watch *One Dark Night*. Sure, and children shouldn't play with dead things, and uh, the car. There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I I said well we'll watch uh, we'll watch the real Ghostbusters episode uh, what is the, it Halloween Forever yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and then uh, we'll watch the He Man episodes the House of Shakoti part one and two which are creepy as hell so you know there's there's creepiness for kids too but um, yeah I love I love the fact that we did uh, anthologies uh, this round and and um, I love the fact that we didn't do Freddy's Nightmares or Friday the Thirteenth or Tales from yeah. the Crypt. Uh, I've got nothing against those uh, those shows or amazing stories uh, cuz they had some definitely had some creepy ones actually my favorite amazing stories if we ever get to it is the 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 uh, the, the,
0: the one that goes down the the into the hole the the miner or not the miner but the the gold one do you remember the,
1: that one's really good yeah i do remember that one but i'm uh, I was going to say the one with Christopher Lloyd and the scarf around his neck oh. and uh, the the teacher yeah which is Mary Stewart Masterson i think anyways i love that we did Somewhat off kilter, not mainstream shows. Um, you know, I was. They made a Tales from the Dark Side movie. That they was did. Insane. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah Christian was Slater good.
2: was in it. Yeah, mm. uh, Virginia. They, they, I
1: thought. I thought they were gonna keep the same vibe with like the narration and just do it just like the TV show. Nope, they didn't. So, anyways, I'm glad we did this. Uh, it re- reminded me of why I love television in the '80s so much um yeah and great job you guys great picks uh, yeah with you, with you. all
2: of these i i really was like i really miss those you know again like my my show was tales from the dark side and i like used to love like uh the other shows you mentioned like freddy's nightmare and um friday the 13th but like tales from the dark side was it right and yeah i miss having shows like that and i know like recently they brought back uh twilight zone but um yeah. from what i've that, heard yeah. it wasn't like didn't really hit like they wanted to and they don't really do like they do more horror shows now but they don't do the anthologies anymore so yeah. um they i really like watching these i was like man i really i really wish they actually would have a really good anthology horror show um but like they the key to it would be to not overthink it because like when you're watching all of these shows again i I brought up like the sets and like you said like uh like there was like two sets in a lot of these or just one you know but they had all of the story that was packed into it so it was more about the concept and and it was less about like we can do so many things let's do all these things um i think that's probably that that's one of the reasons why maybe um twilight zone didn't really work out Um, but yeah, I, and actually they, they actually did try to bring back, um, Tales from the Dark Side, like about 2015, 2016, but, uh, I think they were trying to go for like CW Mm -hmm. or something like that. And I don't think, uh, they picked up the pilot. Um, but yeah,
1: outer, outer limits was outer limits was good too. And they rebooted that. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. Showtime did outer limits. Yeah. Uh, and I think, well, Corey, I think they did an episode that was very similar to the Monsters one. Oh, cool. Um, I think it's like, I think Alyssa Milano is actually in it. Okay. Uh, it's like her and a dude trapped in a like an underground bunker or something like that. Um, it's like a post-apocalyptic one as well. Yeah, well, th- they
0: do have um, Shudder has creep Creepshow, um, although every single episode that I've seen of it... And I've seen, like, a few. I'm not saying I've just seen one, but I've seen a few. I fucking hated every single one. <laughs> I thought they were terrible. Uh, I just didn't think they were executed very well. But, you know, it's out there, and and I want... Every time I... Yeah, that's the thing. Every time the new season of Creepshow comes out, I'm like, I want to like it. And then I freaking watch an episode, and I'm like, oh, this sucks. So, yeah. I, I don't know. There's just something about it. But I'm with you, Diallo. Like, it's cool and all that, like, you know, uh, Twilight Zone comes back, but, like... There's something to be said about little bite-sized, twenty-minute pieces of horror, not like hour, you know. And then you have to
1: forty-six you know, minutes, you know. Yeah, and you go have to 46. like,
0: like the writers and the directors like have to have to really like sort of figure out how to make twenty minutes work. And there's just something I find interesting about that, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I always like the idea of like creating within confines, you know, and I, I think mm-hmm. that's neat.
1: Well, I was gonna say, uh, I feel like the only anthology series that's done that is in the cinematic world fairly recently with the VHS movies. Ah, very um, good. Call. One of the VHS mm-hmm. movies is not good. The third one is tr- trash, but I've heard the newest one VHS 94 is supposed to be really, really good. But VHS one and two are really excellent. And those are done in the confines of, like you said, like 20 minute, 30 minute blocks. Yeah. Um, and you know, like stop, uh, to quote, you know, what is it? Victor Wong, the actor from, uh, uh, Prince of Darkness, when he's like, uh, "Don't are we stroking ourselves heavily here, or something like that?" You, know, like, don't, you don't have to like, don't don't go, don't like, don't overdo well, well, it.
0: I, Just like I stand by the fact that, that that I think that um, True Believer was like scarier than most of Malignant, and it was again twenty minutes long. <laughs> and Malignant, James Wan has like you know two hours to to turn to, to create a a John Wick oh, horror weird. movie. And, um, you know, and just, I'm just like,
2: th- sorry about that. You <laughs>
0: laughed so hard. You knocked yourself out of the, uh, yeah, the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I didn't talk about it anymore. So yeah.
1: It, malignant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think true Believer was better. So this, uh, I, can I, can I just say to you really quick, yeah. uh, about malignant? It just, this popped in my head and, um, uh, do you guys ever see the arrival with Charlie Sheen? Yeah. No. The, yeah. The oh yeah. 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 With the, with the, their legs were backwards. Yeah, the backward yeah. legs. Yeah. 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 They, they, he, they fig- I mean, go fucking James Bond, go watch that shit before you. Uh, <laughs> before, before
0: you malignant us. I mean, before you malignant us. I, um, malignant
2: uh, was, that inspired a whole like Facebook thread from, from me on that I one. Like I, normally I don't like do that. I just, I was like, I just heard so much bad about it. And I was like, let me watch this movie. And I was shocked. I was shocked. I just, How? I just think
1: people people love to latch on to something and be like, ooh, it's just like malignant. And you're like, no, no,
0: no. And and I will I will say this because we, we did talk about it on wrap up after dark and we got spoilery, so and we're not gonna get spoilery here because we're gonna be, you know, hopefully people haven't seen it and everything. But I'll say my favorite thing about malignant, the movie posters were awesome for that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, talk about underselling overselling a movie.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Go go watch The Editor. That's a much better movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or or again, go watch The Hitchhiker episode, season 1, episode 23, True Believer with Tom Skerritt. Even better. <laughs> even I better. got I got something
1: I got something even better for you, Pad fans. Li- watch those shows, watch them via YouTube for I think most of them are available there, most or wherever you watch it streaming and there's a comment section in the bottom. Write in the comment section I listened to the Pad TV Obscura episode, and that's why I'm watching this here. Go do that, please. Good call. Yes. Yeah. Do yourself a solid. Yes. Yeah. And guess what? That's going to make you feel good. It's going to make us feel good. The whole world's going to feel better. And you know what else? You know what isn't going to feel good. People made malignant because we shit on it, and I didn't even watch it. Go watch Squid Game. It's better. Go watch. Our, yeah. Oh, uh,
2: so many, so many good things to go watch. So if you and... don't do it, the Cuddy Black Sow will come after you. That's Jesus right. yeah.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna name our next pet Cuddy Black Sow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought at first I'm like, what, what the fuck is a Cuddy Black Sow? Well, that's a real big put down. No, a- yeah, but
0: the cool thing is that that sounded to me like a real. Like folklore-y type of monster, yeah. Oh no, no, it is. It actually is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. and that's. Yeah. I'm and right now, like I said, I'm totally into like the whole folklore meets like horror and stuff. I'm. I'm. Yeah, so I'm good. into folklore horror, and I think that was fucking perfect. So yeah, guys yeah. and gals, we we have our recommendations. Go check them out. And, uh, you know, go have some fun this Halloween. Do something different. Watch these things, you know. Yeah. And uh, we all got to go, folklor yeah, folklor, go folklore yourself. Go folklore yourself. Diallo, my man, where can we find you out there in the, the podcasting world, the writing world? What you up to, buddy, these days?
2: Yeah. Speaking of folklore and horror, right? what about folklore and fantasy? There you go. Kind Ooh. Of, kind of. Folk Lauren. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm writing and producing uh, the First Noel Chronicles, which is a uh, sort of fantasy meets, fan- like Lord of the Rings meets Christmas um, story. Um, producing it as a podcast, audiobook, and then also releasing chapters on the Kindle Vela platform. Um, awesome. If you do happen to go out and find it, I could really use, um, your reviews and likes to get it, uh, more in circulation so more people can find it, um, working on getting a more weekly schedule, um, releasing with that. And, um, yeah, just can't wait. Keep telling the story, um, diving in, figure, uh, finding, um, trying to pull the heartstrings where I can and set you up. So you're crying by the end. So that's (laughs) (laughs) with a lot of adventure along the way. So that's my goal.
0: So perfect. Yeah. Um, Zach, you, uh, you have an interview with Cynthia Rothrock coming up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. October, October's rolling strong. We're going into November. We're going to have a big contest on $2 late fee for New York Ninja um this is kind of an exclusive so there you go new york ninja we're running a contest very soon where we're going to be giving away re- giving away new york ninja blu-rays uh so a you're going to have to listen plus to plus th- movie mm-hmm. a yes plus plus. <laughs> diallo knows diallo knows um yeah more details on that to follow uh later on november we'll have an interview with cynthia rothrock which is great she's just She's amazing. She's so cool. Uh, But in another exclusive uh, in two weeks, we're going to be doing another live show, an impromptu live show midweek with um, a returning guest. Gabe Jarrett, the star of real genius (gasps) is going to be joining in studio. Dustin and I uh, to talk more about real genius, talk about what projects he has upcoming, going to do some fun uh, Q and a with him from fans, uh, more on that to follow soon, but you know, those are little little tidbits we got there. We also got an interview with the director of *Revenge of the Nerds*, Jeff Cano. Uh, really, really good interview. If you are a fan of films, uh, and you're not just like a fanboy or fangirl, like you really want to know some. Cool shit about movies. Listen to that interview because it's really good. Nice. So that's what we're doing. in Two dollar late fee. Nice. <laughs> this is gonna be hell of a year on both Pad and two dollar late fee and the Noel Chronicles, which is really damn good. So go support. Go support people.
0: Yeah. Go support your favorite artists out there. And uh, you know if you can, if you can't support financially uh, all all of our podcasts uh, Diallo Zachs this one uh, Cartwright everything uh, a free way to support every single one of them is to leave them a five-star review on Apple podcasts uh, and they they really do go a long long way uh, the rest of our month on podcasting after dark uh, we have next week will be <coughs> my. Halloween movie pick uh, for the for the month. A movie that is near and dear to my heart. A movie that I have to watch every single October ever since I saw it for the very first time in 1990.
1: So... It is A Nightmare Before
0: Christmas. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That is not a Halloween movie. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to be discussing A Nightmare Before Christmas. That was a joke. But uh, keep... keep... We're going to be
1: discussing Ernest Gertz stupid so keep your eyes and
0: your ears peeled for that one we have some good stuff there uh zach and i just this morning we just zach didn't i just see you like eight hours ago or something yep. we just uh interviewed uh dan shore who you all know from strange behavior aka dead kids a movie that we interviewed uh, we reviewed in the first season but you might also more know him as Ram from Tron, the original Tron. So that's a good one. We have our Tony O'Dell interview coming soon. And, or Billy
1: the Kid uh, Yeah, Bill and, and Tentac- yep, You're right. Uh,
0: Dan Shore was also Billy the Kid in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the very first one. So we have some other good interviews that we ha- are locking in. Uh, we don't ever like to spill the beans until we actually do it but we got some good stuff uh, a vamp related interview coming up so good stuff all around but we hope you all have a fun Halloween Uh we do obviously have another episode coming out before Halloween and uh, we'll do our wrap up after dark and everything but we're trying to keep the spooky vibes going all month long baby so
1: yeah baby, yeah,
0: baby. check these shows out check out Diala's podcast check out Turala I got I'll have all the links in, in the show notes like I always do. So, guys and gals. Oh, I,
1: I will say really quick, uh, you know, we'll wrap up October, but going into November, I'm not going to spoil it, but I will tell you that this next one might possibly scare the pants off of Corey. Oh. So, uh, oh He's like, oh, my, my. pants coming <laughs> off. <laughs> you had me at pants
0: coming <laughs> off. <laughs>
1: You know guys, I actually think about these things before I say them and I'm hoping they're going to be funny and when they land I'm like, yeah. Oh, and when yeah. they don't, I die inside a little that's bit. I, not... I I die inside. I die. Inside. That's okay. I, I die inside
0: a, a little bit every episode too as well, so. All three of us die inside in some way. That's
1: why we're so that's why we're bros. Exactly. And hey, uh, I guess we inside already.
0: And I guess, per usual, our next uh, TV Obscure will probably be an animated one. So get ready for more uh, zany 70s and 80s cartoons coming at you. But until then, as always...
2: Catch you on the Obscure side.
1: Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. And visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer.